Well, I think you could say the same, perhaps, of Klyavkov out at the Pac-12. Um, I think the rest of that conference, I'm sure, in full-blown panic right That was now. a report by Heather Dinich today is basically – the Pac-12 got Bob Bowlesby today. They had no idea. Yeah. No clue. No idea. And I got to tell you, if if the Big Ten is successful in getting UCLA and USC and perhaps aren't done and go with Oregon and Washington, then you are left with a bunch of mediocre football teams at best, other than Utah, who's a really good program, but small fan bases. And there, there's really nowhere for them to go except for possibly, and tell me what you think of this, is it a disaster or is it maybe their only option, Merger with the Big 12? That's 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 their only option, man. But at that point, is it in the best interest of the Big 12 to do that? Maybe it is, but I always thought, I always thought, I think we all thought that at some point we were going to get to super conferences. Now, the, right. the number that we thought of was four originally, and it looks like the reality of we were wrong, it's just going to be two. I think we always thought that just for – geography, you know, that that the West Coast was always going to have a huge presence when it comes to college football, they'd have their own league. We were wrong about that potentially too. Uh, The the Pac-12 as it sits right now is the weakest out of any of the Power 5 conferences there. And and who's to say that they don't have to merger with a conference in the middle of America? I I think as the way it stands at this point, that might be their only hope to stick around. Yeah, because... If you've got Washington State, Oregon State, Cal, Stanford, um, Utah, Arizona schools, Colorado, I mean, that is and, – and let's say they add like a, a San Diego State and Boise State, Fresno, whatever, that's not – you're the Mountain West at that point, man. What yeah, you and and that's kind of what the like the Big Twelve without Oklahoma and Texas is teetering on that edge themselves. But I would say that you know just because of like you got Oklahoma State, you got Baylor. Um, I I think that Kansas State. I think you've got some some traditionally better football programs, but it's not by a whole heck of a lot. The margin is is thin. Yeah, so, yeah. Every, uh, like this 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 puts a lot of schools in jeopardy of being carved out of the the playoff conferences, the power conferences. Yeah. Sean texts in and says local media is still shocked. Nobody wants the posse. There were a lot of yep. people around here. That led you on and said, oh, Oklahoma State will be – they could go to the Big Ten. They'll have options. Oh, oh you can't go anywhere with that. How's that looking today? Not looking good today. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but the way their president acted a year ago, 
I don't really feel all that sorry for him. Is Stanford and Cal's president's going to come out today with a statement? I can't believe the audacity that USC would partner with schools from Ohio, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Unbelievable. Stanford and Cal are throwing a party right now that they don't have to be tied to UCLA and USC. And they're probably saying, hey, if we eliminate our football program, we can bring back sailing and rowing. Yeah, let's, let's, let's focus on what our real uh, sport is, swimming and diving. Let's finally get yeah. back to what the root is here. Yeah, But, but you know, sadly, I, I say that jokingly, but there are – I mean, I know there's always been the haves and the have-nots, but – like some of these schools that have been running these these big Division One Power Five programs, because of the the yearly payout and how how good everything's been, if this consolidation continues with all the best teams going to two conferences, there's not going to be any money left to run those programs the way that they have, and you're going to have serious cuts uh, to the budget incoming. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, by the way, breaking news. Any anyone up for Again? some? Again? Yeah. Anyone up for some good news? Good OU football news. Yeah. O, OU five star quarterback commit Jackson Arnold won Ooh. the Elite Eleven MVP award. How about that? Did that do it for anyone? Yeah. That's pretty big time. That's good. That is good uh, news. He's uh, he was four star when he committed. Got his fifth star. Uh, goes out there, wins the Elite 11 against some good quarterbacks, MVP. Uh, that's a good sign. It's a good sign. Yeah, and uh, Malachi Nelson was there. A Malachi. Lot of, a lot of really talented uh, four- and five-star quarterbacks were there. But Jackson Arnold, he was the star there. So maybe there will start to be some more excitement surrounding who I think the future of the of the quarterback position at I think it's going to be Jackson Arnold after Dylan Gabriel's done. So. Yeah. Yep. That's pretty good. That's nice to go out there and and show well. And, you know, who knows what it translates uh, to the NFL. I know the Elite 11 is, is really good, has a good track record, but uh, that's just like a check mark. It, it's good for recruiting. It's good for – for like status and what everyone says about this recruiting class and about him, but in the grand scheme of things, what does it mean? Maybe everything, maybe nothing. Yeah, so stop panicking and freaking out about recruiting. And I know all of this is because Arch Manning ended up at Texas and there's all these players after him that followed, but I don't know, Teddy. I think there's a pretty decent chance here that OU is actually getting a better quarterback in this class than Texas is. He didn't have the last name of Manning, but one guy went out to the West Coast and competed, and the other guy didn't, and look what happened. He won the MVP award. So both are five stars. One of them won the MVP at the Elite 11. I think that there's a really good chance that OU probably gets the better end of the quarterback deal in uh, in 2023. Do you think – I'm looking at his uh, his player page, prospect page, whatever it's called on – 24-7 sports. He is a five-star composite player. 
247 Sports has him as a four-star with a pretty low rating. Uh, well, I say low. It's 95. Do, do people go back, like, whenever he does something like that, do they go back and adjust those ratings? Yeah. Like, can he still continue to? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he'll be a uh, he'll be a five-star, 24-7 Sports. He'll, he's listed as the number 35 player nationally, number six quarterback. He should um, – I would guess there's a real chance he gets elevated to a top three quarterback. But also, that's what – like, that will happen. I'm, I'm pretty confident in that. But it, it goes back to what I told you yesterday that I'm a little bit annoyed by that service right now. That one of their guys said, well, yeah, Arch isn't out here at the premier quarterback event, but we feel like he's shown enough that regardless of what happens out here, he's going to stay as the number one overall player and the number one quarterback. And that just screams to me – you just want Arch Manning as number one in your class, and that's it. That, that's all it is. If you're not willing right. to adjust it or move him based on what you see at the Elite 11, then your mind was made up two years ago that Arch was going to be your number one overall player. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, that's not the right way to do it, and that's why a lot of people, myself included at times, think, the recruiting world, again, at times is a scam. You, If you're not willing to move a guy on anything and uh, you're dead set and you're going to put him at number one, and I'm not saying he's not the best player. I, It's hard to gauge that. But I don't know. It's it just the whole thing is weird. And if you're going to – if you're going to – change a player's star rating based on the offers that he gets you're not it's not an evaluation you're not you're not truly putting your evaluation out there you're saying oh well i guess we have him too low because he's getting offer from xyz so we're going to bump him up that's not how it should work yeah uh, let's see. Will Lincoln get credit for developing Dylan Gabriel since he got credit for developing everyone else's quarterbacks? <laughs> huh. uh, yes, text line. Yeah, Arch doesn't perhaps. do any camp workouts or competitions. Yes. Does this mean Lebby has a better eye than Heupel and TBOW on quarterbacks? Everyone thought quarterbacks were going to go south after Muleshoe left. I don't think you can make any assessment of that at this time i think you have to wait until that player is not only on campus but he's playing in games and he's a junior or redshirt sophomore three years in Arnold versus Arch, can't wait. Texas still sucks. That's from Oklahoma Johnny. Uh, sorry, guys, I'm late to the show. Is TBOW in the transfer portal yet? It would be pretty classic if he only is at USC for one year. And whether yeah. and whether that was the real reason or not, um, he would continue to be the punchline of the joke. Yeah. But my guess is... My guess is the USC coaching staff has to be happy about it. Like, is it – are they just thrilled? Are they doing backflips in the coaches' offices? Doubt it. Probably oh, had a Stratus. feeling that 
everything is moving this way anyways. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It's it's really hard to say. I, I, I think this is a positive for Lincoln Riley. And, again, I think the reason he was not happy about the move to the SEC with Oklahoma is because he wasn't getting the resources that he felt he needed to be competitive in that conference. Yeah. Wow, what a day, man! USC and UCLA out of nowhere, and um, now you got to wonder what's going to happen to to the rest of those schools. Big Twelve got to shoot their shot here, man, and reportedly they will. I, I am um, not concerned because I don't really care about them, but Oregon's really the school that I'm looking at now. I think Oregon will have some options, but I wonder if they'll have any real options outside of joining the Big Ten along with USC and UCLA. I I don't know. I don't think so. If they've got an opportunity to go to the Big Ten and they don't, well, you know, it's actually interesting. Oregon is in a different financial situation than pretty much anyone else. They may not be lured away so easy by um, – a yearly payout, but maybe they are like, it seems like they would be, but even, even if financially they've got the big backing of Nike that like they didn't need to move. It's still like, you still probably have to just because of the competitive uh, nature of the PAC 12 at this moment, you know, yeah, you've probably got to go if only football, uh, but you probably have to do it just to remain, you know, in the club, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, it's more like a status and recruiting thing than anything else. Yeah. And, and there was a thought earlier today that, well, Oregon can go independent. Maybe they could. I, they, The fan base isn't huge, though. And I don't know if that's the overall factor or not. Maybe it's easier to go independent now with the streaming options that are available. I would just... If Oregon's realistically considering that, I would caution them quite a bit on trying to be an independent program. I think that I think that they would have a, a lot of issues with that. Uh, you don't want to go independent. I, right I now. caution anyone trying to go independent. Heck, I it's still think Notre Dame needs to join a conference. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be brutally hard with super conferences to convince those schools to play someone as good as Oregon in a non-conference game. Yeah, 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 totally, yes. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. Um, I don't know what happens to the rest. I I feel like the only option for the Pac-12, if, this is an if, if Oregon and Washington go to the Big Ten as well, those are all just rumors. I haven't heard of anything actually taking place. It's just people saying that the Big Ten perhaps isn't done, and those seem like the next two likely uh, teams and fan bases that they would want to go after, and I, I think I agree. If that does happen, I feel like the the only real option for the Pac-12 is to try and merge with the, the Big 12 feel like that's that's all they can do i do hope uh, usc is forced to play at rutgers for their first game in the big 10 yeah. just as a troll job yeah no doubt and i'm sure that ou would be leading rutgers 
31-7 late in the second quarter, only for Rutgers to win 38-34. to I could see it going you that mean, way. I think you just said OU. You oh, mean sorry. USC, yeah, right? so, yeah, I, I'm still triggered by all those blown leads. you have to excuse me. There's a transition period this offseason. Uh, that's good. Wow. Wild stuff, man. All right, let's hit a quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hanging out Newcastle Casino today. I-44 exit 107. Always have tons of great promotions going on. I'm hanging out here at the Front Row Sports Bar. Happy hour every day, 3 to 6, 3.50 domestics, $5 wells. Come see us at Newcastle Casino. Cavis Construction bringing you hour number two of the rush on this Thursday. Teddy Lehman, Tyler McComish, we're the ref, homeless sooner fans. Cavins does, does it all. Remodeling, roofing, water restoration, facility maintenance. If you've got an issue going on in your home, Cavins can help you out. If you've got an issue going on at your office, Cavins can help you out. So give them a call, 405-573-3048. Tulsa, 918-282-7612 or cavinsconstruction.com. You guys are hilarious on the text line. Oregon is going to make the best choice for their family. Yet another <laughs> troll on Lincoln Riley today. Uh, very well done. Nicely done, fellas. Uh, ladies and gentlemen on the text line, actually. Yeah. Got to be some type of quote incoming at some point from the head football coach at the University of Southern California, right? Got a comment on this? Uh, no, because relatively quickly, don't no, you? No, uh, Colin Cowherd's on vacation. I'm sure he's not back <laughs> until Monday, so it's actually going to be a few days. Well, actually, he'll be back on Tuesday, July 4th on Monday. Which, oh god, I I guarantee you, Colin's going to say because this was kept under wraps, as well as the OU Texas news. Oh, I just had a cocktail. I, I I knew that USC was going to the Big Ten. Knew it all along. <laughs> kept it quiet for my friends out here in LA. But, yeah, it's going to be great, sunny, beautiful. All of a sudden, he's not going to bag on the uh, the Midwest anymore. It's going to be funny how that works out. Oh, yeah, that is interesting. That'll be great. Uh, it looks like USC and UCLA want to go do business in flyover country. How about that? <laughs> right, yeah. It's crazy. The area of the country that you've made fun of now, basically your <laughs> entire career, and have acted like a native Californian, even though you've only been out there for a handful of years and didn't grow up there. Yeah, it's really odd how that works. Huh. That's funny. Is this uh, is this kind of the last chance to re-engage the West Coast into college football? Like, if it doesn't happen with USC and UCLA moving to the Big Ten, is it ever going to happen? Mm, no. It won't. And it may not. It may not happen. There's so much more to do out there, we've been told. Um, 
everyone will come out of the woodwork if USC does something special. Oh, sure. But yeah. here's the thing, man, and you know this. Depending on how the playoff, especially if the playoff doesn't expand, USC going to the Big Ten is going to be way more difficult to make the playoff than in the Pac-12. Yeah, I I agree with that. And it kind of solidifies my opinion even more to me that I I don't think that he's going to have just an incredible amount of success at USC. They're the outlier now in the conference. You know, it's not like – it's not like USC is going to be the only one in the league that has to play a tough schedule every single year. Michigan will, Penn State will, Ohio State will. I mean, it's going to be a tougher schedule for everyone. But the weather is just so night and day different in L.A. than it is in that area of the country. I, I, I think UCLA, I think USC, I think USC, UCLA will too, but I think USC is going to struggle there to find its footing in that conference, at least early on. Uh, maybe. It's too hard to say right now. If, if the first season is as early as 2024, let's assume, since that's been, been thrown out there, let's say they do play in the Big Ten in the 2024 season. You got two full years, two full, well, three full recruiting classes. I, if you're not ready by then, you're never going to be ready. Right? So we just have to wait and see how far he can take it because they're going to be better. How much better? Are they going to be better than Ohio State? They're going to be uh, better than your Wisconsin's, your Iowa's. Like those teams typically play the style of football that has been Lincoln Riley's kryptonite. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's now what, like- Ohio State hasn't recently i mean they've trended away from that bruising defense that they had under urban meyer but like that's that's kind of the big 10 i mean you look at the stats last year the big 10 had you know a lot of the best defenses in the country yeah well they they better make major strides because they weren't winning anything of significance in the pac-12 that was bad now you're taking a step up to a better league i just I think initially they're really going to struggle. Let, let, let's say the past decade. Is it just so easy to say that Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State, Wisconsin, uh, Michigan State, like clearly have been better than USC in the past decade? That's one, two, three, four, five, six teams in the Big Ten. You good with all six of those? Uh, Yeah. So, so USC is going into a league where, at best, in the past decade, they have been the seventh best program. Yeah. Yeah. It, it'll it'll be different. It'll be tough. Uh, but they've got time to change, time to transition. Man, last year, in with scoring defense, the Big Ten had five defenses in the top fifteen pretty impressive yeah someone just sent us a text and says um i guess we have a new entry into the do not read or do not listen list it's a minute and a half audio clip and it's titled sorry sooners this is from tom fornelli uh let's see what's idiotic opinion is being spewed today
This is uh, yet further proof, ladies and gentlemen, that your college football experts know nothing about the sport that they actually cover. Case in point there. Yeah. Oklahoma's not going to be a blue blood for very much longer. Yet we, we call Texas a blue blood, and they've been crap for over 10 years now, and same with Nebraska, really? Well, here's the thing, man. Um, and, and you're right. Here's here's how you know that they don't know what the hell they're talking about. Tom Fernelli, well-known sports writer, um, just doesn't know what he's talking about whenever he compares Oklahoma and Nebraska. And Nebraska whenever they left for the Big Ten. It, it's just, it's not comparable no, it's at not. all. And and I understand that Nebraska in, what, 9, 10, 11, during that little run right before they they left, they actually had a couple of decent seasons. Uh, nothing spectacular, but decent seasons. Uh, prior to that, it had been a decade of suck for Nebraska. Okay? So, stop and who was the other guy that – who did he compare Oklahoma to? You remember – Maryland. Um, Maryland, yeah. Maryland going to the Big Ten. Compared Oklahoma to Maryland. So we got people comparing Oklahoma to Maryland and Nebraska. Right? Oklahoma has had recent Heisman Trophy winners, recent number one overall draft picks – uh, college football playoff appearances, uh, what, six out of the last seven Big 12 conference championships. When's the last time Nebraska won a conference championship? 1999, right? Yeah, 1999 is their last year. Yeah. I'm, I'm not even going to mention Maryland when it comes to conference championships. I Stop comparing Oklahoma to these other schools it's ridiculous yeah yeah it's lazy you started off by saying nebraska losing like access to some of the recruiting grounds that they had previously that's not what's happening with oklahoma going to the sec expanding not at all there's there's zero nebraska shrunk and i think ou's is expanding so yeah. I, I it's a it's a lazy and it's a stupid argument it it makes no sense like Nebraska hired Mike Riley, and OU hired Brent Venables. Uh, Nebraska had two Big 12 titles, and we had 10 when they left. It's getting laughable at this point. I'm tired of talking. Let's blanking play. That's from Peyton. Again, yeah. hey, th- this people cover it, and they make a lot of money. They make a decent living. They don't know anything about the sport or the history of the sport. No. They don't. Yes, Yes, Line. He also probably thinks A&M's going to be a powerhouse in the SEC. Yeah, that's probably – he probably thinks that as well, 100%. He probably also thinks that uh, football players that Oklahoma ride horses to football practice. (laughs) Well, they should. They should, by the way. Come on. Well, and there's there's no recruits anywhere near Oklahoma. It's just – it's so typical – these these national writers like whatever good for them i i guess a, this is an opinion deal this is what we do we just talk about it but 
does anyone press him on how stupid that sounds? Who was he talking? He was talking to Danny Cannell, right? Yes, Danny Cannell does, was there. Does Danny Cannell press him on how absolutely ridiculous that He's is? He's probably and, a moron, too, and thinks the same thing, so probably not. I think all three of those idiots probably – Bud Elliott's on that podcast. So, oh God! Yeah, I, I'm pretty uh, sure he's on that, that podcast. It's that podcast. Cover well, three. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, here we go. It's it's the middle of the summer. They're trying to get some people to actually listen to the thing by putting out hit pieces on Oklahoma. Uh, great. There we go. There's the there's the true there's the true situation. What a podcast where two of the hosts compare Oklahoma. One guy compares them to Maryland, and the other guy compares them to Nebraska. Fantastic. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll hit some things that caught my eye next. It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. We call this segment What Caught Teddy's Eye. Let's get to it. Store number one is. Uh, it. Well, first of all, quick shout-out to our friends at Roof Tech. Josh Tucker, former teammate of mine, runs the business over there. Give him a call if you have any roofing needs. Um, is Doug Gottlieb perhaps in legal trouble? It sounds like Casey Close Freddie Freeman's, uh, one of his representatives from the firm that uh, negotiated his contract with the Dodgers is claiming that what Gottlieb tweeted Wednesday is uh, totally inaccurate. And he, they're looking at, or currently evaluating all legal options in the matter you think they're going to go after Gottlieb uh no I think it's just a scare tactic right now right. just to kind of create some sort of a smoke screen that they're innocent but hey I I'm a Braves fan huge Braves fan loves love Freddie Freeman and that report yesterday made it seem so snaky that his agent would do that but I can't help but think man at the same time if you really wanted to be back in Atlanta why didn't you were going to have a great contract regardless. You know what I mean? Like, why didn't you just go back to Atlanta? I understand you have an agent for a reason, but you're your own man. If you wanted to go back to Atlanta, then you should have found your own way back to Atlanta and not put it in his in his hands like that. Yeah. I hear your point, and you're, you're right. Like, you should have just – you should have told your agent, tell him this is what I want. And I'll stay. This is what I want to stay. And and to see if they would have gotten that. Now, I can I can imagine that Atlanta tried to slow play it and feel like right after a World Series there's going to be a heavy emotional uh, tie and he's going to want to stay. So they may have low-balled it until the last moment and then said, hey, okay, here's here's what we can do to keep him to get close to what, what the Dodgers are doing. And reportedly that offer never made its way to Freddie Freeman. Just the agent killed it. But I will say that whenever these negotiations go on, uh, not that I ever had any negotiation at this level whatsoever, but 
I, you're not, at least I wasn't involved at all. Like, agent is fully representing you and in those conversations and comes back and reports, like, here's the, here's the options that we have. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. you're, you're not really sitting in on the conversation. At least that was my experience. Again, yeah. totally different experience. From I, I guess Freeman, I, I just find, it, and we don't have to go on with a long baseball right, conversation, right. but it's, you know, you know, I understand it was emotional coming back, but kind of spare me a little bit because long before those contract negotiations started, you had a chance mm. to re-up the team. You had multiple opportunities to come back to the Atlanta Braves. So let's just just move on. Right, right. Um, Kevin Durant has requested, Tyler, a trade from the Brooklyn Nets God. in an NBA bombshell report. Apparently, he wants to go to the Phoenix Suns. He just wants to join the team that's been there essentially every single year Closest. with a chance to win a title. Um, Phoenix, Miami are a couple of options that reportedly yeah. he has thrown out. If the OU Nebraska comparisons aren't lazy, how Kevin Durant chooses his next team is the laziest. The laziest. <laughs> right. Uh, go. Quick. Do you think he checks the Vegas odds on next year's uh, Oh, of course he does. Chances to win a championship? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm shocked he's not going back to Golden State. Uh, that's all I've got. Yeah, okay, so I know everyone around – not everyone. There's some around here still panicking about recruiting. Here's an update on how it's going at LSU right now with their fan base. Here's mm. a uh, <laughs> here's a post on TigerRant.com. Is it possible we're letting the top prospects in the state go on purpose? This way we can – or this way they can learn other school systems and then enter the transfer portal after their redshirt freshman year? And then once they come back – they can share the inner workings of some of the top programs. In, in, in essence, they are spies for us without burning a season of eligibility. Current update out of LSU and their fans. Wow. How were the responses to that? Uh, got trolled online, as you would expect. That is amazing. Uh, hey, you know what? I got a podcast that guy should be on. It's uh, with Tom Fornelli and what's that other guy's name? Bud Elliott. And Bud Elliott, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. He'd be fitting just perfectly there. Yeah. So earlier today on the Plank Show, Cade Horton, who just shoved in Omaha, was on the show. And they asked him about his future plans, and here's what he said. I think with that, Kate Horton has elevated to my favorite OU baseball player of all time. Hey, what are your future plans? You coming back or going to make $5 million next year? Uh, I don't know. I'm just going to go hang out at the lake this weekend. I'll figure it out after that. <laughs> I <laughs> right. love that. Uh, a much-needed break. And what there's 
two and a half weeks or so until the Major League Baseball draft. Um, it sounds to me like he's got a number in mind. Yeah. Right? Yeah, as and he should. If, if that number is available, then he's gone. If it's not available, then he'll stay. Yeah. Don't know what that number is, but it, it that's what I took from that. Last so. one I have. Did you see the video of the Texas A&M coach talking to the recruits at Kyle Field? You see this no. one? Yeah, so I, I don't have the audio because it's not great quality. But essentially, this guy is standing um, – he, he's standing on field level and visualize him pointing – to the stands, and he's saying, y'all getting a lot of money from the people behind these suites if you decide to come play here, In quotes. Caught on video, caught on video, is a member of the A&M staff telling recruits, y'all getting a lot of money from the people behind these suites if you decide to come play here. But, of course, Jimbo was highly offended when Saban made those exact uh, accusations. Oh, man. Dang. Brutal. Tough loss totally for A&M, and the, and the season hasn't even started yet. Oh, you know, the NCAA won't even – they'll get around to that one in 2028. <laughs> that we'll, I don't doubt. That I don't they'll doubt. Chase, they'll chase down that lead in 2028. Uh, wow. Amazing. Uh, receipts, right? Receipts. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap up hour number two next. Cavis Construction bringing you hour number two of the rush on this content field day. Been talking a whole lot about USC and UCLA. They're off to the Big Ten. But OU did get a commitment today from 24-7 uh, sports four-star. He is a linebacker, Samuel Omasigo from Crandall, Texas. 6-1-2-0-8. Omasigo commits to OU uh, at 3 o'clock earlier this afternoon. Had offers from Florida, Auburn, Michigan, USC, and some others. I guess USC and UCLA's like their grant of rights deal ends. Uh, what what year does it end? It ends after the twenty three twenty four school year. So the expectation is they're going to be in the league by twenty twenty four. And Pac twelve officials had been nudging both schools for years to extend their grant of rights, and they never did. They're going to play the Pac twelve for a very short time, and then they'll be off to the Big Ten without any penalty. Yeah. Wow. How about that? It's almost like they um, saw this one coming, you know? Yep. Been planning on it for a while, probably, and probably just had to make sure they had um, their partner in the Big Ten was willing and ready and needed to start making the moves. That's probably what set the wheels in motion for them to start getting all these their ducks in a row on resources whenever they went out and made the hire that they wanted for – um, for head football coach, you know, like 
just like this thing didn't happen overnight, the decision for Lincoln Riley didn't happen overnight. Probably been working on this back room for a while. Yeah. And I think it's a home run for him. I do. Yeah. The more I think about it, it's just – it's the Big Ten and the SEC now. It's – it's obvious no one's going to catch up to those two leagues. This is what the future of college football looks like, the power two. With that being said, man, I got to think Clemson's on the move here at some point shortly. I just – I struggle to see them long-term in a conference like the ACC when there's so much more money to be made in those other two leagues. Right. Yeah. That all comes down to the Southeastern Conferences, uh, how willing and how aggressive they are pursuing moves like that. I don't know. And, you know, the other thing is the USC and UCLA one is easy because of their grant of rights expiration. The Clemson's grant of rights doesn't expire for like another 15 years or more. Yeah. And I don't know how restrictive that is. I like I don't know how hard it is to get out of that that deal. And, and you know, if that many years left on it, you got to imagine that the the buyout could be fairly hefty. So I don't know. All right, final hour uh, coming up next here from Newcastle Casino. Stay tuned.